Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible-teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. This is week three of a set of messages that um, I've been teaching on this idea and this concept of uh, paper tigers. A paper tiger is something that looks strong, but when you get up close to it, you find out that it's actually pretty weak. Uh, a paper tiger is something that gives the impression of strength, but upon closer examination is not actually the thing that it looks like. And we've been talking for a few weeks about the unfortunate truth that a lot of people of faith are that. There's a lot of people of faith who seem like they would be of strong conviction or strong moral character or a significant ability to X, Y, or Z. And then when you, you get around them, you find out, oh man, their marriage was nothing like what I thought it was like. Their ability to withstand temptation was nothing like what I thought it was. There are so many people out there in the world that look like something, but they're not the thing that they look like. And we don't want here to point our finger at the world out there like how bad they are. We're looking to work on the person in the mirror, aren't we? And so we're trying to strengthen ourselves as we start a new year. And uh, that's what we're going to do this morning. This is the third part. This is in the book of James, chapter 5. I want to read to you. This is like the last uh, eight verses or so. I want to read all of them to you, and then I want to uh, speak about three of them to you this morning. This is God's word. Listen to me as I read it to you. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings him back from a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Thank you, Jake. The title of the message today is Good Days, Bad Days, and Sick Days. And we see here in these first few verses, it's really simple, but I think it's so potent. James is finishing what he wants to say. This, we believe, is maybe the first book that was written in the New Testament. This is not James the apostle. This is James, the brother of the Lord Jesus. And he says, is anyone first? He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. That word there, suffering, means in trouble or having a difficult time. It could possibly be pointing at persecution, like, are you worried that because of your faith you're going to be hurt or a gun's put to your head, said, 
believe in Jesus, you know, or say you don't, or die, that kind of thing. But it doesn't have to mean that. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. I don't I can't imagine two sentences that could be more clear in what they're asking, and what they're pointing towards, and what they're saying we should do. It says to me that we should make it a habit. Um, we should make it a habit to ask God. And it's incredible uh, how often we do so many things with the difficult things that we're dealing with other than to ask God for help. It is remarkable how many things that we can go towards to try to solve the problem, dull the pain, ease my feelings, rather than go towards God. And it's why you see, um, I think it's a really cool development in our world today. There is such an emphasis on people who are maybe not sure they want to live anymore or going towards like, I'm not, and there's this push everywhere that just raise your hand, right? You see people saying all the time, if you're, if you're struggling, just say something. Why? Because there are so many people that want to help people that are struggling in the world, aren't there? Uh, Chris and I are seeing it right now. We're going through this crazy thing, and our, we, our fridge has not ceased to be filled with food, which I don't know that it's really ultimately altogether helping me, but it's in a beautiful sentiment <laughs> that uh, while we've been out of our home because we had a burst pipe, people have been feeding us like crazy because that's something they could do to help. And it's amazing. There's another family in the church that had the same kind of thing happen, and now their fridge is getting increasingly full. And why? Because uh, so often we don't get the help that we need because we're not willing to what? Ask. Because of our pride, because of our strength, because of our desire to be seen as self-sufficient, or because for many of us, we like to be the one who helps, not the one who needs help. So often, and that's just on a human level, imagine the truth that we often fail to ask meaningfully the great God of the universe for the help that he desires to provide to us. And I see three things here in this text that I want to try to preach to you about today. The first one is just ask God for help. Just ask on bad days. That's what he's saying. He's saying, so are you, are you suffering? If you're suffering, the solution to your suffering is to pray. The solution to your suffering is to pray. The solution to your suffering is to pray. What do I mean when I say pray? Uh, that word might, depending on your background, you might have like, it means kneeling. It means saying words that I don't understand what they mean. It might mean, I don't know what it comes to your mind, but biblically speaking, to pray is to connect with God by communicating. Three things. It's to connect with God by communicating, one, that I know who he is and what he's done. Why we start our church gathering with the singing on Sundays is that's our way of trying to connect with God by communicating to him that I know who he is and I know what he's done. Who he is is pointing at his character. What he's done is pointing at his works. Those things can be overlapping. But I always want to, and you see it all over in the scripture, this makes sense, right? Uh, you know how uh, sometimes little kids, this happens in our house all the time, little kids, um, when they want something, they, they're really clunky in like the path that they try to take to get at it. So they start by like trying to butter you up, but like they're so transparent in it that you like sort of can't miss what's happening. My, my little, uh, littlest one, she's five, she'll come up to me and be like, I love you, daddy. <laughs> Can I watch something on your phone? 
It's like, I mean, surely by like the 20th time she used the same words, I figured out that the, I mean, it's true that she loves me, I hope, I think, as far as I can tell, but, but that's going towards the other thing after that, which is why it is so important that when we aim to connect with God, we start by authentically, not transactionally, communicating to him that we know who he is and what he's done. But it doesn't finish there. It, then it moves to something like uh, communicating to God what I'm feeling and what I need right now. This is genuine connection. That's when he's saying, when he's saying, is anyone suffering, let him pray. What he's pointing towards is pray that God would relieve your suffering. Pray that he would give you strength to withstand your suffering. Pray that you would have the capacity to keep on moving through the suffering. And then the third part of, is anyone suffering, let him pray. The third part of prayer, biblically speaking, is to trust in his timing and to trust in his authority. This is the hardest part. This is where the rubber meets the road. It would be super easy, and I can promise you, I can't, I mean, we would need bigger than the football stadium that they may be building down the street to fill all the people that you could get to show up if all it took was to ask God for help, and then you would get whatever help you were asking for immediately. That wouldn't be a super hard church to fill. Do you agree? The reason why it is so challenging is often... Don't we know? I can, <laughs> I can see it in my story and in faces of people's stories all over the room that I know well. That often, God requires us to trust in his timing and his authority for how our suffering is relieved. And the reason for that, and you always got to make sure that you get this because it's the opposite of what the world wants you to believe. The world wants you to believe that you are here to maximize your own pleasure and your own ease and your own enjoyment. The world's message is, do whatever is going to make you feel good for the longest and is going to make things the easiest. But that is not why God has placed you in this universe. God has placed you in this universe for his glory and so that more people can know about the beautiful forgiveness that comes through his son. And most often, the way that that is shown is not when our suffering is relieved and everything is easy. Most, offering that, most often, that is shown in the way that we trust him, even when it's difficult while we're suffering. Can I get it? That's true. Anywhere in the room. Is that true? And so that is why... He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. It is why we need to develop the discipline of going to God first and going to God primarily on difficult days. What do we do? Before we pray, because often we end at prayer, but before we pray, we often do too much, think too much, talk too much. I'll go. Can I get a witness anywhere in the room? Uh, Kristen and I are dealing with a problem right now with one of our children who will remain nameless. And if I'm just being like, I, I mean, I, I had my message ready, and this was last night. We were talking about it, and it was like I stressed about it all the way home while I was driving. And then I talked about it with her, not for a like crazy amount of time. And then before we went to sleep, we prayed about it. And amazingly, did the stressing bring the peace? Did the talking bring the peace? Did the thinking bring the peace? But that little bit of peace that God's got it and he understands and he's going to help us and we're going to figure out came when I said, God, I don't know what to do for this kid right now. My, my plans, my plays, they're not working. I don't know. So I got one thing, Lord, can you help me? And so often that churning around that so many people have going on and they're is because on difficult days, we do things before we get to, Lord, I need your help. Now, most of us are a long way, but let me just say it. 
so that we make sure we're clear, we are not aiming for that empty religion that some people want to have where you just like kind of say, God, will you help me? And then throw all your bills in the trash hoping they don't come. Like, that's not. We do all the things, of course, that we need to do, of course. But we start by saying, God, I can't do it. I need your help. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Then it goes the other way. He goes the other way. He says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. We don't just ask God for help on bad days. We just ask him for help on good days too. I love that. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. That word there, cheerful, is the idea of having a full heart and being very encouraged. The point is that if the response to a bad day is to ask, the response to a good day is to thank God. It is easier to be in regular communication with God when things are going really well than when things aren't. I read the binder every week. I can tell you it's very rare that you get a prayer request that says, man, my business is just making so much money right now, I don't know what to do about it. Thank God. You don't get very many of those, but you get quite a few. I don't know how we're going to make it this month. Will you please pray? And both are real and both are important. But we need to also develop just alongside, just like I was talking about the other side, don't we? That when things are going good, when good things happen, even when good things happen inside of seasons where bad things happen. We want to develop the discipline of saying thank you. That's what singing praise is. Singing praise is like, it's all true. It's all true. It's all true. I, uh, man, I love the music this morning. <laughs> and uh, my dear friend Kim, who uh, we'll try to get her to give a full effort there in the second service. I know she kind of phoned it in this morning. And, but uh, what I love about her as I've known her, and I, the same for Ash and Tara, my friend, all three of them are dear friends that we're singing this morning, is that I know their lives to know that they bring the enthusiastic praise of a thankful person on good days and the meaningful praise of a trusting person on difficult days. I've seen all three of them walk through that on one side or the other. And so we want both sides. We want to ask, we want to ask God to bless, to help. It's building the habit. If things are good, I want to build the habit of praising God. Our enthusiasm, remember, is not wasteful or wasting. It blesses God. Now, I know it isn't always a perfect correlation, but can you just for a second think about how much enthusiastic thanks helps your personal relationships for just a second? Is anyone in here feeling like at my job, they just encourage me too much? They're just too, they just appreciate me too much, and it's starting to get annoying. Is anyone feeling like they're, I know there's so many people in our congregation who are uh, caring for elderly parents, which is such a challenging thing, especially in this day and age where people live longer and longer and longer. Is anyone having the feeling like my parents are just too thankful for the help I give them? My kids, they're just so appreciative. It's just like buzz off already. I get it. You're thankful. <laughs> Romantic partner, friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's, and this is where I, I, as I was studying this, it's so obvious that sometimes the things that are the most obvious are the things that we can miss. Just ask on good days, on bad days, and then he spends a little bit more time here on three, on sick days. I want to read, we're going to do a little work to uh, develop our minds, and I want to try to push you spiritually in this third section. So here it is. Do you see it? Those first two things were in one verse. Now he says, is anyone among you sick? Okay, so that's a rhetorical question. The obvious answer is somebody's sick. That word they're sick can contain physical sickness. It can contain mental sickness. It can contain them both. So what you're supposed to do is call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over you. 
anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the, verse 15, prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. These verses are incredibly powerful in their promise. They also have untold amounts of poor applications that can be taken if you don't pay careful attention to make sure that you know what the Bible's really saying. So a close, a careful, quick reading of these verses could, does it mean that if I pray and I'm sick, God will definitely heal me, like no matter what? If he doesn't, does that mean that I don't have enough faith? Is he saying that if I pray about my sickness in the proper way, that guarantees that whoever is prayed for is going to go to heaven? What a, is the oil some kind of magical potion that we want to sell? These are all things that can come up, and we want to pay careful attention. So I want to do a little work with you on this this morning, because uh, one of the, our values here as a church, we have four of them. Uh, the third one is we want to be good with our Bibles. What that means is that we don't want to assume that we always understand. We want to do the work of being willing to look at what the Bible actually says, because a lot of people have gotten over time beat up by people using the Bible in an unhelpful way. So when he says it here, what I mean by that is that the Bible is simple. Even a child can read it, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Do you see the difference? Uh, what I mean, like, think about soccer. Soccer is about the simplest game you could possibly imagine. Kick the ball. When it goes in the goal, you get a point. But it is complicated enough and rigorous enough that people spend their lives learning about how to play it and understand it. That's what I'm saying. The Bible's simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. So look at these verses here. I want to just try to take them a phrase at a time, and I want us to understand it because there's something really powerful in it. The first part is pretty straightforward. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay, so I want to talk to you about what that word elders means and what that means inside that elders of the church. Uh, and I want to, uh, here's how I'm going to start. Has anyone played with this new uh, chat? GPT, this like AI thing where you can generate pictures. And like now if you go to school, you don't have to write a paper anymore because you can just ask the thing to write it for you. Has anyone played with this? Okay, I've played with it a lot. So here's a couple pictures that I made. I was, I'm really excited about this. Check this one out. Okay, what is that? Does anyone know? It's a crane flying under a crane. Okay. So it's same word, same spelling. Multiple meanings depending on context. Okay, I got one more. See how fast you can get it. I made that. So you, I just typed in. I mean, it's crazy. You got to play with this if you haven't. I just typed in a crane flying under a crane, and that's the picture that came up. You can do really creepy stuff with it, too. Anyways, okay, here we go. One more, one more. Okay, what's that? It's a pitcher holding a pitcher. I don't know what you guys do at your job, guys. I felt pretty good this week when I figured this out. Okay, why? What, what am I doing? A word, same spelling, multiple meanings depending on context and usage. We have this in English. And your Bible, most of the New Testament was written in New Testament Greek. It has the same thing. Okay? So I want to show you that word here in this sentence. Here it is. That's the Greek word, presbyteros. And it means a person of recognized maturity in the church, sometimes speaking of a role, sometimes speaking of an identity, and sometimes referring to a generation. This is, stick with me. This is going to end up being important. So that word is going to show up all over your New Testament in Greek, and it has a different meaning, just like a crane under a crane, a pitcher holding a pitcher, depending on the situation. Uh, what's interesting is now if you go, uh, the same word is used in 1 Timothy. 
where it says, and I just put the Greek work in there, do not rebuke this person, presbyteros, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, presbyteros, same word again, as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Okay, why am I showing you this? I'm showing you this because uh, this word is used here. If you're like paying attention, it's pretty clear that it should be something like, do not rebuke a mature older man, but encourage him like you would a father. Also, sorry, go back, go back. That's my fault. And then at the same time, same word, but that one is translated younger woman, uh, older woman. So you go to the next, go to the next slide. Thank you. So this word, as it shows up in your Bible right there, has in mind not an office in the church, I'm suggesting to you, but a recognized older person, a mature person. This is why this matters. Uh, this is why this matters. So go back now to that verse in your Bible that I just read to you. If you hung in, congrats. That was a lot of work for us mentally in the day of TikTok. Well done. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for, that's the word, in the church. Let them pray over him, anointing this person with oil in the name of the Lord. We do that often here at Good News in the Neighborhood. And if you have a long-term mental or physical ailment, I would love for you to ask us to pray for you. The oil there that's being referred to is not some kind of like magical potion. It's just, uh, we use like one of those like essential oils. I don't know, you know, like thieves, you put it on your feet and you can sleep better. Remember that whole thing? Is that still going? I don't know. The oil is a metaphor for God's blessing all over the scripture. And we uh, often pray for people, gather a few mature people who've been trained as ministers in our church and pray over people that God would heal them if they're going through something physical or something mental or they're, they're sick. If that's something that you'd be interested in, please talk to me or Kristen. We would love the chance to do that for you. Some physical and mental issues, this is the reason why, sometimes they have not just physical and mental components, but sometimes these things have spiritual components too. And we're often slow to realize in our day of compartmentalized thinking that all sickness is because of sin, broadly speaking, and that sometimes the things that are wrong with us may be manifesting physically, but sometimes they're because of undealt with things from the past, sometimes they're because of sin, and we don't want to be that kind of person who like wants to beat people up with the Bible, like, I have a headache, okay, well, let me hit you in the head with a big Bible and your head will feel better. We don't want to be like that, but at the same time, we want to be wise enough and smart enough to recognize that God didn't make you as a compartment, a series of compartments. He made you as a whole person. And when there's something wrong, there is often something wrong all around inside of you. So if you're sick, get some people together, mature people from the church who've been trained. Let them pray over you. Let them anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Now the next verse. Why? Because the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Is this verse promising that if you have enough faith and just pray the right words that you're not going to be sick anymore? No. No, no, no. What this verse is promising is that what happens in you spiritually when you come to God saying, I've done everything I can, Will you please heal me? And when you open your hands to ask 
him saying, I can't fix this problem. That that is the same faith that is required as saving faith to save your soul from death. I know that's thick, but just try to get that through your head. That the faith, let me, this is a quote that I read as I was studying that I thought was helpful. The faith exercised in this prayer is faith in the God who sovereignly accomplishes his will. When we pray, our faith recognizes explicitly and implicitly the overruling providential purposes of God. So what we're aiming to do here, dear friends, and I'm almost done now, and then we're going to be done. What we're aiming to do is to do the most difficult thing of all. Do you see, it is easy, if I'm, it is easy, you can put that quote back up for just a second because a couple people are trying to take a picture of it, I saw. It is easy, on one hand, to get a pie in the sky, supernatural, if I just have enough faith, everything's going to go my way, way of thinking. If I'm being honest, that's easy. Eventually, something will happen that will probably shatter it, but it's easy because it's simple. If I just have enough faith, God will bless me. If I just have enough faith, God will give me what I want. That's easy, but it is incorrect. However, it is also easy to get a very science-oriented the Bible tells a story about a God who used to do miracles, but he doesn't do them anymore. So I sort of pray to like ask God to bless my meals and stuff because I know I'm supposed to, but I don't really think or anticipate that he wants to do much of anything at all. What is the hardest and what I'm trying to push us towards this morning is what I believe the Bible teaches is this. We have a God who can do anything. We have a God who is still working and still doing miracles in the day and time that we're living in now. And we don't know why he heals some people and doesn't heal other people. We don't know why some marriages make it and other ones don't. We don't know why. We don't know why. But what he asks us to do is to pray in the faith that he can and pray in the faith that he will and to pray in the faith that even if he doesn't, I'm going to keep on trusting him and praising him anyway. That is really, really, really hard. It's really hard in your mind to figure out how that works, if you're one of those kind of people. It's even harder in your experience when you're like, fine, 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 but why can't I be the one that gets the answer? Sometimes you just want to shake your fist and stomp up and down and say, fine, 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 but why did they get the answer, and they got the answer, and I didn't get the answer? That doesn't feel fair. And the answer is it probably isn't. I don't know. I just, what I can offer you is that there's a God, and that God is in this room, but he is not residing in any of the bodies in this room at this moment. And we don't understand why he trusts some people with blessing and some people with trial and some people with different trial and some people with other trial. Kristen and I have had our own set of trials in our lives. We also have four insanely intense, healthy, bonkers kids that we are crazy. And God gives each one of us, we know, the grace not for somebody else's difficulty. What does he give you? He gives you the grace for the unique set of challenges that he places in front of you. And we want very badly, myself personally and in this church, to raise the level of faith in the way that, that we're praying. Because just because you haven't kicked that habit or dealt with that illness or figured out that forgiveness yet doesn't mean that God doesn't still want to deal with it in you. 
If you still have breath in your lungs, God still wants to work in your life and do things that you haven't seen. And I have faith to believe that God wants to do miracles, not just out there in other places. He wants to do miracles in Palatine, Illinois in 2023 in the people in this room. And we want to raise our level of faith. And it just starts today at this simple point. You can't see God do a miracle if you're not willing to ask him to do a miracle. You can't see God do a miracle if you're not willing to ask him to do a miracle. So here he talks, I'm going to teach through the rest of this section next week. Why? Because remember this paper tiger thing we started with. We don't just want to be people who seem like something. We want to be people who are the real thing. Nobody, if I went around the room right now and be like, do you want to be a person who's strong in prayer? I doubt I could find one person in the room who'd be like, eh, I'm good. But yet, I doubt very many people would say I'm like killing it on this point. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, this is how we're going to finish, and then I'm, we got a lot of things going today, but I want to finish this in strength. I want you to get that uh, card in your hand that I gave you in that envelope. And uh, we started this on Thursday at the Thursday service. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask every person who's in the church who's willing to pray by faith to write down one, just one, miracle thing that you want to see God do this year. And I want you just to put it in the envelope and write your name on the front and leave it here at the front before you go. And no one's going to read these, but we're going to put them up on this board, and we're going to put them in the lobby in the back, and we're going to keep on praying. And I have faith to believe there's going to be some times this year where we're going to see people take these things off the board and say, I didn't think there was any chance that God could do it, but I prayed for it by faith, and now he did it. So I'll tell you mine. There's a guy uh, who through a bunch of crazy circumstance I know in this community who I've been sharing my faith with and telling about Jesus, and I wrote his name on a card and I'm praying by faith that we're going to see him baptized in this church this year. And so, I know sometimes the tactile kind of practical stuff can seem a little trite. That's okay. But we said this last week, when are you going to get another chance to step out in faith? And so you can do it with a partner or a friend if you came with somebody, or you can do it by yourself. Write down a miracle prayer that you want God to do. Put it in the envelope, and you can leave it on the stage before you leave. And we're going to put them all up on the board. No one's going to read it until by faith we see God do it. And we have enough faith to say we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on praying because we have a God who wants to do miracles. So just pray. We're not going to sing now. Just play for just a second. Come on, Jake. You take a couple minutes. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.